to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world, featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. Other special guests. Hi, this is Larry Grant. And you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Ricky Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. What's happening, Australia? This is Tony M from the New Power Generation. You're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Eden Nelson. You're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black Podcast from the land down under in Australia around this virtual round table. The Peach and Black crew are here from left to right. Player. That's right. Toe <laughs> The beautiful one. And Captain. You know what rhymes with remaster? Disaster. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't spoil the review for everyone. You only listen to this 20 minutes before the show. So. <laughs> hey, I don't think me saying that is spoiling it for anyone. Oh, we're about to get into it. We're about to get into it, all right. And I am Rob S., the artist formerly known as MC. <laughs> and we're about to go deep on... Purple Rain, the remaster, deluxe edition that was released on the, I want to get this date right, 23rd of June? 25th of June. (laughs) Bad research, isn't it? 23rd of June, 2017, 33 years after the album officially came out in 1984 and took the world by absolute storm. One of the all-time great albums, classic albums by any artist in any genre, in any time period of music. I mean, this one is just a stone cold classic. We all know that. But recently, we've got the chance, we've had the chance, I should say, to listen to a remastered version of this album. Now, I'm just going to put it out there, and this episode might end up being a bit of a free for all. Get that classic old peach and black vintage magic back again <laughs> into the microphones. Who was really, really vibing? Who was excited by the prospect of getting a Purple Rain remaster in the first place? No. Like three years ago. <laughs> 2014. <laughs> Just quickly, right up front, if you, if you actually want to hear our review of the Purple Rain album, please go back into our episode archive. You can get it on our Podbean site and on... Uh, on iTunes as well. So go back to our original review if you want to hear our thoughts on the music per se. We've already done that. We've been there, done that. Track by track, detail by detail, second by second. (laughs) I listened back to it this week and like, I was really proud of that episode. I think it's a great episode. Why, thank you, Toe Jam. Well, thank you too, (laughs) 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 Rob S. Jeez, get it straight. (laughs) Nine years and I forget you guys' names. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've never met, by the way. Who are you again? Uh, it's a, just a bunch of strangers on the Peach and Black show reviewing music by some random guy. Anyway, this episode is very different. So we're not necessarily going to talk about every little intricacy uh, of the music itself. 
but more about the release and the remastered version of this album and the audio and the packaging and the booklet and the reception by fans and all that kind of good stuff. Are we going to talk about the fact that as soon as you like just touch the packaging, all the discs just fly out in the air? <laughs> that, that's a great thing, I think. <laughs> we can talk about that. Don't I even look at it. It'll just explode and discs fly everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I had the opposite experience where you can't get the disc out and you're trying not to rip the thing. And you're like, and then it flies out uh, and it rips. You're like, nah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Creative packaging, I guess. So let's get into everything Purple Rain Deluxe. A lot of hoopla was made. Well, let me take a step back. Not a lot of hoopla was actually made <laughs> bef- before this release, which was a little bit surprising. I thought, considering the status of this album not only in the Prince community, but in popular culture more so, that there'd be a bigger fanfare. I believe there was like a Warner Brothers-sponsored release in Amoeba in LA, potentially, which is a record store in uh, California. Aside from that, there wasn't a big song and dance about this release, as far as I'm aware. I mean, There was as much promotion put onto this album as there was thought put into releasing this album. Which is practically zero. I don't know. There, there was that? a um, there was a spot on the Jimmy Fallon show, the Tonight Show. Oh, that yeah. was that was. You know, they had um the Roots playing a few sections of songs from Purple Rain, and and they had the big silver LP in front of the. You know, they talked about the estate, let them have a copy, and all this sort of thing. So there was there was a bit of promotion. There's obviously been some media attention, like music magazines and online music related media things. Like it's been publicized. That was probably guided by Questlove, though. He probably had a hand in yeah, that. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> on, the t- on the Tonight Show you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've reached out, speaking of Questo, Gomez, if you're listening, to have you on the Peach and Black podcast would be ridiculous for you because you'd be surrounded by four funny Australian podcast hosts that would go deep into your absolutely maniacal, borderline, obsess- obsessive love of everything Purple Rain and everything Prince. So come on the show, you know man. What? It's- I, th- I think he's ignoring us because we <laughs> sent him a Peach and Black t-shirt many, many years ago and we never even yes. heard a thing. So no, I've got, I've got no hope there. He is a busy oh. dude. He is really That's busy. True. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know what, it's, Quest? If if you won't come on our show, we'll be happy to come on your show anytime. Pandora. In the venue. <laughs> We're happy with that. Anyway, this is not the Quest Love podcast. It's the Peach and Black podcast. Let's keep the show rolling. Back to Purple Rain Deluxe. Do we have to? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, the fire's slowly going out. No, I mean, this is this is seriously a big deal, or at least it should be, because arguably Prince's most successful album, well, it is his most successful album, but arguably his most iconic album and most popular album gets the remastered deluxe expanded edition treatment. I mean, when you're doing a podcast, how do you do like um, inverted commas when you say remastered? How do you do that on the radio? <laughs> I don't know. I think you have to say in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. Remastered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but before we get into the remastered aspect, what about the package, guys? I mean, oh, hang, wait, a... hang on, hang on. Before we get into that, can we can we just do a little bit of the history of this album? Like, there's a bit of a timeline, and it's kind of sketchy. And I don't know if you or if any of our listeners can fill in the blanks 
like going back all the way back to 2012 when Prince toured Australia with the Welcome to Australia tour, there was a rumor that an executive from Warner Brothers flew out to Australia to have talks in discussions about redoing this Purple Rain album. And it went to and fro between then and 2014. And then finally in April 2014, they announced that they were going to do this remastered edition. And I think the whole point of Warner Brothers negotiating back in 2012 was to get it ready for the 30th anniversary in 2014. And, you know, I think Prince trying to get back his masters came into play. So it wasn't just this album. There was a lot of things involved in negotiations. So in, I think it was April 18, 2014, they announced that not only there'll be two new albums from Prince at that time, which was Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum, but there'll be the Purple Rain Deluxe coming. So this is like two months out from the 30th anniversary. So like everyone's kind of excited that this album's potentially coming. The anniversary comes and goes, there's nothing. And then I think about July 2014, there was like some communication issue between Warner and Prince and they couldn't get a hold of him or something. And Couldn't um, get a hold of him. Back in 2014, I think he, like they were trying to get the extra tracks out of him. And he wasn't interested in mm. playing ball. So I think that by November November 2014, there was a remastered album submitted, but not the outtakes. And so Warner Brothers were reluctant to release it just as it is. And then in May 2015, I think Prince or someone close to Prince said that Prince said that that ship has sailed. There's the classic what? tweet, of course. Someone tweeted Prince, where's Purple Rain remaster? And he's like, ask Warner Brothers. They've got it. And then, yeah, there was that tweet. And so, like, between 2012 and his passing, there was, you know, a lot of mystery around it. And then between his passing and now, it just seems like they've taken this and hobbled together <laughs> this release. Like, there's been a long time in the making, but it seems like the only part that Prince really had a hand in was this first disc. Yeah. And as of yet, that hasn't been, his Prince's actual involvement hasn't been confirmed exactly, has it? I mean, it says on the, well, inside the packaging and the liner notes on the streaming version of this album online, after every song, in brackets, it says Paisley Park 2015 remaster. Which is another interesting thing in the timeline because they made the first announcement back in 2014 mm. that it's getting released, but the actual remaster is labeled 2015. So even though they announced it potentially being a 30 year anniversary thing at the time, he didn't even work on it if this is to be, you know, what they say is true. Like it's a 2015 remaster, he left it. And it's like, it's kind of weird that he worked on it like a year after the anniversary. What were they going to do with it, you know, kind of thing? It's very strange. It is really, really strange. And then in addition to... My guess is that it was remastered in 2013-14 under Prince's direction with Joshua Welton, you know, doing the the actual physical work of remastering it just under Prince's instruction. That's That's the way I've guessed. And they've just said it was 2015 because they figure, well, if we say 13, 14... It's going to say, oh, well, this is a few, like, it's it's just marketing. So, say to 2015, like. Uh, so, they can use that marketing tag. It was one of the last things yeah. he worked on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I mean, it yeah. would have to it would have to be that because you wouldn't want to put 2016. Well, I don't think you could because. They wouldn't be 
time. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's unlikely that he would have been working on that. So 2015 is as close as they could get potentially yeah. to the date of his death, which is kind of a little bit in poor taste, if you ask me. I mean, the other thing that's in poor taste is why do you have to have that at the end of every song? I mean, every time that song's played, especially when you're streaming the album on the streaming service. Yeah, that's the official title. It's just ridiculous. It's really annoying. It's really, really annoying that 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 was done. I mean, you could have just had it as a footnote. You could have even had it as a sticker on the front only, you know, or in the booklet, etc. But on the Tonight Show, when Questlove said, oh, one of the last things he worked on, straight away, I just went, bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I just said it out loud. I'm just like, nah. Well, that's, that's, just, that's right. That's you right. had Bring Yourself and Black is the New Black and MPGQ. And, mm. and the thing yeah. is, how would Questlove actually know what the last thing that Prince worked on was? He would have absolutely no idea. But even if he did, it's just not right. Mm. Even <laughs> yeah, if that's he a good thinks point. he knows. I don't know. He's not going to come on the show now. Yeah, he won't come on our show anymore. <laughs> For all we know, like the last week or two, he was having making some deals with Warner Brothers or something. You know, like, none of us really know. Yeah. No one's got any idea, really. Or we're only as good as the information that we're fed or the information we receive through various sources. And, you know, we have some sources, but I don't think anyone out there, whether it's us or anyone else in the media, even really truly knows. But what we do well, know... Look, if, you, if, if you just go on this, if you just go... Player, when was that tweet when Prince said, Warners have already got it, it's up to them now? Uh, it was, was late. Late, I don't have a date, but it's late 2015. Okay, mm. so if you go by that, well, and then according to the garbage, it was the last thing he worked on, he did absolutely nothing after that. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's it unbelievable, is really. But keep in, keep in mind that they're not say, Warner Brothers aren't saying this is the last thing he worked on. Yeah, uh, that's a they're one-off just saying, comment from a you know, yeah, very hardcore fan. Yeah, exactly. So it was just, anyway... I think we've done this one to death. Let's talk about what we've actually received. It is exactly the same album. It is explicit. I was worried about when it said 2015 remaster, I thought I was thinking like 1999, the the new master, like he (laughs) takes the original album and because he doesn't, his beliefs changed over time that, you know, darling Nikki would be, you know, kind of scrubbed and, you know, record scratches over like the, you know, questionable stuff and just how he, you know, in some instances he couldn't help himself. He had to add overdubs and- Cowbell. You know, or, you know, synth parts, you know. You know, over time, people look back at their work and think, oh, you know, I could have done that better, you know. And when it's a 2015 remaster, I'm thinking, oh, you know, has he redone it? Like the Purple Medley mm. where he's re-recorded the songs and, you know, that's why I thought, well- what does this actually entail? It's not just a remaster. It's the Paisley Park remaster overseen by Prince. You know, it's like, that's, yeah. this is interesting. I'm with you. I'm with completely with you, player. I was kind of fearful at, that at some point we were going to get the in a hotel lobby with the magazine. It was like, <laughs> yeah. What, yeah, you exactly. know, it was just going to be a bit PC and PG, in fact. But uh, we didn't get that. This is, in effect, identical in content to the album that was released in 1984, which I think is a massive thumbs up. They haven't played around with the actual music itself. It's the, the, the same songs, the same lengths, give or take a few seconds here or there, you know, at the, at the end or at the beginning of some of the songs, but 99.9% of the time, it's the same music. So that's, I, a, that's a massive thumbs up. There is a part of me that was like, I, wouldn't, I've, I would have liked to have heard something like what Player was fearful of, like... <laughs> 
Just, just for the, but, but, but not the darling Nikki, not the darling Nikki. Well, anything, just like I, I would have been curious to hear how Prince in two thousand and fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, how he would have reinterpreted Purple Rain had he, you know, got his fingers into the into the meat, so to speak. Mm. Um, it would have been interesting, like purely from a curiosity point of view, not from a oh he's going to make it better point of view. Like there's no way he could make it better, but it would have been interesting to hear. Well, remember back back when he did the. 1999 new master he was like i'm gonna re-record everything warners won't let me have the originals i'll re-record everything there could be a you know a new version of this entire album sitting in the vault all the albums even who knows who knows how far he got on that plan Mm. but look in effect it's the same record and disc one on this release cd one is the album we all know and love except it's remastered and we have to get into this at least a little bit. Although the music is the same, can anyone honestly, hand on heart, say they hear anything different in any of the sound aspects of, of any of the songs? H- hand on heart, I will say yes, but then I was mistaken. Mm. I f- Ex- explain that. What does that mean? I heard things and I'm like, I don't remember hearing that little thing before. And that, uh, that happened in a few songs throughout the album. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is, you know, there is something here that's you can hear it a bit better. And then I went and listened to the original, and it was there. I just <laughs> I just hadn't listened to the album in that long. I, I have to admit, I had, I had a similar experience a couple of times. I was listening to Take Me With You, and I was like, man, that guitar, or, oh, man, those dr- that drum is really kicking. And then I was like, oh, they've done something to this. And then I went back to the original, and I'm like, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> something has been done, though. Like, when you listen to Let's Go Crazy... And then, like on disc one, track one, and then you listen to the "Let's Go Crazy" on disc three. Um, I think there's the extended version there, and maybe an edit as well. Yeah, there's the edit. When you listen to those two, those ones haven't been, you know, 2015 Paisley Park remastered, and there is something lacking in them. There's like a certain shine or something that's lacking in disc one. So I, I don't know what they've done. I, I don't think they've actually. Like to me, the idea of a remaster is you pull the original tracks out. You, you know, you remix each track, and you know, you might tinker with the reverb a bit here and something like to make. But but that's remixed, Tojan. You just use that term. It's, it's like yeah, yeah. That's a that's a proper that's re- a, remixing. That's a proper, re- that's a proper remaster is you do it from scratch from the original tracks. It seems to me what they've done here is they've just got the master tapes, like the the stereo master, and they've just EQ'd it and boosted it. Now, does that qualify as a as a remaster? Like to me, that's not a that's not a genuine remaster. Yeah, I think it qualifies as a it qualifies as some sort of remaster, but probably not the remaster that we were all hoping for, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I think of remaster, I think of like Stevie Wonder's remastered albums and this sort of thing, where they've actually gone in and digitized each track, and then they've run it. You know, they've almost essentially remixed the album again. Mm. with modern technology rather than just the master tapes like the the stereo master at the end of it yeah it's my interpretation of a remaster is that you bring up certain levels within the mix that you know you start to hear things that you don't hear in the original Mm. and the thing with this album for me is that purple rain the original album sounded pretty damn good as it is compared to some of the other albums in his back catalog so you know Essentially, this isn't top of the list that needs remastering for me. So even like the Prince album for you sounds pretty damn good on CD. You know, things like Parade and Son of the Times, like those ones <laughs> need remastering yeah. in my eyes. But I mean, we'll get to it. But, you know, there's things that I didn't pick up on that 
when listening to this version that I didn't hear before. Like what ToeJam was saying about comparing Let's Go Crazy on disc one to Let's Go Crazy on disc three and the differences that you can hear between them, the simple answer is Bernie Grundman remastered disc three and he's had decades of experience compared to disc one remastered by Joshua Welton who has not had that experience. So that's a very simple explanation. That's the opposite to what I was saying because I was thinking the disc one Let's Go Crazy sounds better than... No. Oh God. So when no. you so when God, you're saying no. better, so <laughs> Kajem, when you're saying better, what's better about? I don't know. The, ver- it might, the version on disc one. It might be just that the extended version and the remix, like you know, because they're from their own master tapes, that they've kind of been uh, what's the word? Like they're one generation lower than the actual Purple Rain remaster. I don't know. Um, but isn't isn't that the whole theory behind the loudness wars? Is that if you think it's louder, it's better because it's, it's louder. Better, yeah. yeah. When you hear something louder, it feels more dynamic. It feels more impactful. It feels more bright. Unfortunately, I think in this case, it feels very shrill in some parts. I mean, the end of "Let's Go Crazy" of the song "Let's Go Crazy" on disc yeah. one. Oh, I'm talking about the remastered version. Me. The last thirty seconds <laughs> are abysmal. Like. Do, do not wear headphones. Do not wear headphones listening to, to the end of that song on the remastered version. Well, you at least got to turn it down when you get yeah. to the end of it. But yeah. that, even that yeah. doesn't help. Like, I literally got a headache by the end of this. I don't think I even got through the entire album on headphones because I was getting a headache. It was just so in your face. Just the, yeah, blasted the- to the wall. There's no dynamics. There's no, like, soft parts. It's just all just blasted all to the wall. Because louder is better. And I, yeah, and I had horrible. to admit, I, I had to admit, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't being unfair to it. So I actually got someone to play me, not the entire album, but just those two tracks. And I did this a number of times. And I said, two play tracks. me Let's, Let's Go Crazy on disc one, remastered mm-hmm. version, with Let's Go Crazy from the original CD version, released many, many years ago. And I played back the last minute of Let's Go Crazy. So the final minute of music and i did that a number of times and i just compared the last minute of the like old version speakers or how were you yeah. how are you doing on the speakers. comparison yeah okay. on speakers yeah, yeah. not on headphones because that was just too difficult to for my yeah. ears through, but, through, through like a stereo system not like a pc or no not through a pc through like a proper okay. system through a proper yep. system. so just like an a b comparison correct a b yep. comparison and i didn't know what was coming every single time oh, you did like the pepsi challenge yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every single time I knew it. when it was the remastered version of Let's Go Crazy because there was, like, don't get me wrong, there is actually some distortion at the end of Let's Go Crazy on the original CD, but yeah. but it's nowhere near as obvious as it is on this remaster. And it detracts from the bloody music because it's really upsetting because I would never want to actually listen to that last minute or the last 30 seconds in particular from this remastered version because it's just unpleasant but forget about the lack of dynamic range and all that that's an issue yes that's an issue as well but just the shrillness jarring for the ears and that's a real shame because this is legacy material this is not like some random throwaway album this is one of the greatest albums that's ever been made by anyone that's upsetting i feel sorry for everyone who heard this and everyone who spent money on this I haven't bought it. I borrowed someone's copy to listen to a few times and review it because I didn't want to buy it. I wanted to hear it. 
and there's no chance on earth I will ever buy it now. And again, you're talking about just the remastered version of the, the remaster, album, yes, one. exactly, yeah. Because a lot of other cool stuff on this release, which we'll get to eventually, but we're still talking about the remastered version of this album. It is unfortunate, yeah. and you know, I can't blame anyone personally. I mean, you know, we know that Joshua Walton has been named the remastering engineer. We know that it says that Prince actually remastered this album. So we don't know who did what, but we also don't know whether or not, now I want to be careful with how I say this, we don't really know, and we may never know, whether the people that did the work on this actually could distinguish the difference between what they were hearing and how the album was really, really originally released. And what I mean by that is, who knows what Prince's hearing was like in the latter years of his life? I was thinking um, that as well. So that's one potential factor. And another factor is Joshua Welton is not a well-known remastering engineer as far as I know. I mean, if someone knows something I don't, please let me know. I think personally, it's a brilliant opportunity for him. If that was me, I would have been all over that remaster. But again, we don't necessarily know what his involvement was. He may have nothing to do with how loud this album is. Or he, he may might have, have everything to do with it. He may have everything to do with it. He may have nothing to do with it at all. And the other thing is, I would guess that someone who's a remastering engineer, uh, in the case of Joshua Walton in this instance, doesn't get free reign. At the end of the day, this is Prince legacy material, right? So Prince has got the final say on what's going out. Well, that's the way I, I, that's, like I said, that's the way I, I interpret the credits is that it's, it's remastered by Prince with Joshua Welton doing the engineering, which basically means the engineer is doing what Prince is you know, telling him to do. Exactly. Yeah. All I think it means is do this, do that, do that. I'm going to go record another album. What, can you get this done by this afternoon? Okay, thanks. Cool. You, I'll, <laughs> that I'll give you re- very close to what happened, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you remastering, uh, you know, engineering credit on, on the record because that's, in effect, what you're doing. And I think it'll be a good experience. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is what I want it to sound like. And so, Prince um, would have said to Joshua, see this button here? You just push this, boom, instant bass, done. <laughs> <laughs> the instant bass m- button. The old, you remember the old cassette players? You had like the old yeah. bass boost button. Bass, <laughs> bass boost. <laughs> on the Walkman. Oh, you you anti-skip like, that's, bass. That's the most useless button on a machine ever. Like who would take that off? Honestly, everyone would <laughs> just press that and leave it on. And this is the compression that. button. And this <laughs> is the remove all musicality button. <laughs> press these buttons together and you get the remaster. Look, I don't want to crap on too much about this at the end of the day it is louder it is brighter it is way more compressed and i don't think i would ever in my right mind choose to listen to this over any other release of this album i mean go pick up the cd any cd version other than this go pick up any vinyl version other than this go pick up a cassette version of purple rain it'll sound a million times better in my opinion Mm. but I think we may be somewhat missing the point in the sense that for us, does it really make a difference? I mean, Toadjam says he likes the sound. It sounds appealing to him. But at the end of the day, especially compared with disc three, but at the end of the day, we all have this album already. We've all been listening to it for years. I don't even think this is really for the hardcore fans, this remaster. I just think it's a good opportunity for his material to get out into the public again. Like it's a good promotion opportunity more than really giving the hardcore fans something new as far as the the first disc goes. Yeah. It's interesting how everyone hears the music differently though. Mm. Like speaking personally, like I 
can't tell the difference between the original and the remaster. When I say that is like, yeah, it sounds louder, but I didn't pick up anything in the mix that I haven't heard before. So, and you guys have said something different. You know, I've listened to Prince for like, you know, over 30 years and, you know, I listened to a lot of music loud as a kid and probably by my age, I'm not hearing certain frequencies that I used to. So, you know, I asked my son who has been a Prince fan only in the last 12 months. And I said, do you hear anything different? And I said, do you think it's louder? Because I know everyone's saying that there's a volume boost. I said, do you think it's louder? He says, no. He goes, I think it's clearer. Hmm. So, like, he, Well, it is he, clearer. That's he interesting. It, yeah, he hears it, you know, because he's only 11. So, like, his hearing would be better than mine. But he, he says to me, I think it's clearer. So That's a very interesting word to use, though. Because when I was hmm. listening to this, I thought a lot of the instruments were much clearer as well. A lot of them. And I, I actually when, think when, when like, you can when it's not distorted, yeah. <laughs> when when it's when not you can distorted, actually hear it exactly, it's very clear. I mean, look, like I said, I don't want to crap on this remaster because although it is completely brick walled and it's louder and more compressed and it's peak limited and has less dynamic range, proof is in the pudding. It sounds less musical to me overall. I, I wonder but, if this. Um, I wonder if this picking up on some greater clarity, but then complaining about the distortion. I wonder if this is because. It was potentially mastered at a at a higher bit rate, at like a twenty four or thirty two bit rate, whereas you know CDs are down to like their sixteen bit or something for the WAV files. So it makes me wonder if it's been remastered at a higher bit rate, and then they've just you know in the process of cutting it back down to sixteen bit for the CD, it's become distorted. I wonder if that's the case. So I mean, that, it would be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't know if they've released any, but it would be interesting if this was released on a Super Audio CD or you know, a 32-bit digital file or something. That'd be interesting to hear. There is HD files. There are? Remaster, apparently, okay. yeah. And and they are from the diagnostics of the wave, of the wave files. Of, sorry, of the sound waves. They're as compressed and as distorted. They so are, the, the, they? Yeah. The thing is what's happened is it's completely in the red on almost everything. Like everything has been given such a boost that it lose the music loses music musicality if you want to call it that it loses its cadence there's no you know everything is high everything yeah, MC, is low share those results from that website uh, dr loudness so mm. if you type in dr which stands for dynamic range second word loudness into google just google it you'll come up with a website that is a dr dynamic range loudness site and i'll just preface this by saying there is more to analyzing and assessing music than just looking at its dynamic range because there are albums that have relatively low dynamic range that sound incredible in my opinion but it can often be a good way to check whether the music has been compressed to an inch of its life or whether it's been given room to breathe and when you go on that website and you type in purple rain you will see all of the different purple rain versions and their respective dynamic range that's um, been released over the years. That, exactly. That have been released from CD versions to digital download versions to vinyl versions of the album. And you will see the different dynamic range calculations. And then there's a color indicator. Correct. From green to red. Green being. Exactly. Yeah. Green being good, red being bad, obviously. Um, you know, generally speaking, an album that has less than seven or less, eight or less as a dynamic range score alarm bells go up anything 9 to 12 can be quite good sounding 12 or above you're starting to hit the the pure green zone where 
you're actually listening to something that is far less compressed than um, than something with a lower dynamic range score. But keep in mind, it depends what kind of music you're listening to. If you're listening to Daft Punk or some trance or some you know super funky electro music that four on the floor type stuff for the dance floor, generally that sort of stuff has a real massive punch and it is compressed on purpose. So anyway, I don't want to get into all all of the too much detail, but but where does this rank on their scale? It's got the lowest dynamic range of any version of Purple Rain that's ever been released by a long stretch. Yeah. By a long stretch. It's basically got half of the dynamic range of the original CD, which is, I feel, is a bit not only disappointing, but it's almost a crime. But I understand why they would have done it, because the thing is, like I say, I don't want to crap on the remaster too much, because as much as I think it loses its musicality, it does give the album a much, much needed punch. Like, I love the original CD, and I take the, the original version of this album over the remaster any hey, day of the week, but it is punchier. MC? Yep. You know what you can do? What? You can get your original CD and turn up the volume. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> that is and true, it'll Captain. it still sound a shit lot better than this thing. Yeah, but see, what Player was saying before about how people hear things differently... As soon as I heard Let's Go Crazy and the distortion on the end of that, I'm just like, this is horrible. Mm. It wasn't that obvious earlier on in the track. I thought I could hear a little bit, but I'm like, uh, maybe not. And again, I thought, because on the original, there is still a little bit of distortion anyway. And I thought maybe it's just that. But then it got to the end and I'm like, oh my God. And then a couple more tracks and Darling Nikki was just as bad. There's horrible distortion in Darling Nikki. It is awful. At the end. Again, at the end. Yep. And... But like player says, sounds pretty much the same, and Toe Jam says it sounds better. I mean, so how how you hear things is just amazing to me, because to mm. me it is just so obviously bad. But there's you know there's probably just as many people out there going, oh yeah, it's great, F- fine. Actually, we've got survey results in relation to this. If you want to know about it, yeah, oh yeah, okay. we're gonna do that now. I, before you do that, I just want to end on this last thing from because it's in in my notes. Uh, like I said, the remaster, in my opinion, adds a, a much needed punch. Right, like on lows, it's much lower. On the highs, it's much higher. Unfortunately, it's a bit shrill. There's a of lot of highs. This, yeah, yeah. But I think overall, this brings Purple Rain into the modern era, which is a bit of a catch-22 because it takes a classic album and it makes it loud enough for people who are listening on phones and laptops and tablets and iMacs and whatever the case. It gives those sort of listeners a chance to experience this album side-by-side with all the other crappy audio quality records that are being released these days. So it it, it gives it the same sort of punch that the latest Kendrick record has. That the latest Kanye has, latest Coldplay record has, you know, like can stand side by side with all the terrible music. All I can hear is you're saying is it's been remastered for shitty iPod earbuds. That's all I'm hearing. Yeah, and it's been remastered for everything else that's out there at the moment. You know, there's no secret that the loudness wars are out there. Generally, albums are very distorted, very compressed. But here's the irony. It is a punchier mix. It's more substantial. It feels more like there's a a massive thump to the music. The problem is it's squashed. There's no air. There's no depth. It's kind of painful to listen to. 
And I think you're right, Captain, and I'll finish on this. Why not just take out the original CD and turn it up as loud as you bloody want? Better yet still, put a copy of the vinyl on your record player and hear it in all its beautiful analog glory. You know, the weird thing about that is I'm surprised that this remaster that was put out was done, you know, by Prince or under the supervision of Prince to compete in the loudness wars. In my brain, I would have expected that would be something that Warner Brothers would have done if they were handling it. But I thought if Prince did it, no, he won't, he won't, you know, get on with that crap. But it turned out to be the other way around. But do you know how I hear it? This is the way I see it, right? I was expecting him to redo the tracks or overdub them or whatever. He didn't do that. That's great. But then from his point, if Warner Brothers come to him and say, we want to re-release this and remaster it, and like I said, I thought the original sounded pretty damn good. What else more can he do with it, really? That's a like, good point, yeah. When when he gets it, he's he, like, he, if I was Prince, I'd think to myself, well, what do you want me to do with this? Mm. Yeah. Do you know that what is, I mean? Like, that is like actually kind of interesting point. Like, if you put yourself in his shoes, like, he, yeah. he's standing there going, uh-huh. It's it's ready. The album's ready. It's been ready yeah, since yeah. 1984. Yeah. <laughs> So, I think like, I putting... mean, what was his options? His only option, well, there wasn't many, but, you know, one of them is the obvious, and that's just to turn it up. Let's not forget, like, uh, the Crystal Ball CD release, which, you know, that is compressed to the max as well. Oh, yeah. Let's um, not forget every album since the Gold Experience has well, some, terrible some so. dynamics. <laughs> some are not as bad as others, but Crystal Ball's the one that always stands out to me as being compressed yeah. to the max. If you look at the numbers, purely scientific data here, and you go to that DR Loudness website and you look at Prince albums from the Gold Experience onwards, they are virtually all identical, compressed mm. to the shithouse. They are absolutely, like, there's just no arguing with those numbers. Now, I agree, some of the albums sound a lot better than Crystal Ball, but let's not pretend. I mean, Artificial Age, the CD version of Artificial Age and the HD download version of Artificial Age has exactly the same compression and dynamic range as um, this Purple Rain remaster. They're no different. Just uh, as a rough side note, I'm, I know I'm going off track. Does it have the results for Plectrum Electrum? Yeah, it's terrible. Is that, okay. Because it, th- that's interesting because Prince went to the lengths of like making sure it was recorded on analog and you know using <laughs> certain recording methods, but then in the, the end result, it's... You know, like anything else you hear on radio, it's just a, pretty it's much. kind of a weird thing, yeah. That yeah, you would go much. to the length to have original recording methods and then but have it sound like compressed. It's just weird. It, it is weird, but nine with Plexion Electrum, it makes you wonder if he's if there was a version that you know was warm and full of depth and stuff, but then when, when the crunch came and it came time to release it, it's like, no, nah, just boost it. Because do you remember when Plectrum Electrum was released, he, there was one of the reasons there was a delay, one of the excuses was it has to be heard on a certain sound system at a certain level, like to hear it properly or something. Oh, there was some billion-dollar sound system. Yeah, like there was some excuse. You know, Is that as, the one they were talking about recording techniques never even heard of before? Was that that one? <laughs> I think that was, that was labelled else? for that was something else. That might have been Lotus Flower. I can't remember. Yeah, but there was actually one excuse for its delay was that was one of the reasons that it you had to hear it on a certain system at a certain bit rate, and they were looking at ways of distributing it so that it could be heard in all its glory and all, all that sort of stuff. So well, there was a sound 
issue or, you know, something that he considered the sound important to the listener to hear it in a certain context. And on the yeah. other hand, he just went straight along with the loudness wars since like 1995. Pretty it's much. disappointing, really. That's it is, sad. It is disappointing, but I do want to say that the vast majority of albums by even legacy artists these days sound fairly compressed. Like no one, everyone is affected by the loudness wars. There are only a handful of artists that um, aren't affected by it. Yeah, but so, Prince since 1997 has basically been an independent artist. He didn't have to fall into that crap, but he did. He could have, you know, maintained some sort of artistic, you know, whatever, integrity, but not. Nah, he just went along with everyone else, even though in every other way he was free from all the record company crap, he still went along 100% with that, which is just disappointing to me. Yeah, it's hard to say, though, whether the artist has ultimate control because at the end of the day, when you're releasing it or when Universal are distributing uh, 3121 or whatever, like at the end of the day, I'm sure they have something to say about how it's mastered to CD. Because remember, the albums are, that are mastered to vinyl versus mastered to CD are different. So an example of that is if you listen to, you guys were talking about Plectrum, Plectrum Electrum, right? So if you listen to Plectrum Electrum on the CD version, it is compressed as heck. If you listen to the vinyl, statistically speaking, or from, from a um, dynamic range perspective, it has much a much higher rating on vinyl, as does Artificial Age, um, as does Lotus Flower and all the rest of it. So, Well, they are supposed to be different masters for vinyl and CD, but that's not always the case. They should be, but they're yeah, not, it's always. not always. It's not always the case, but in those particular cases, it is. And so, See, do you um, have shares in vinyl or something? <laughs> <laughs> I should have. With this vinyl revolution that's coming up. But let's oh, get yeah. back to the album because the player, you've got some... Uh, let's talk about the big survey. survey. We did the biggest survey. First of all, thank you for all our listeners. We've got thousands of listeners on this show, many, many thousands. And a large chunk of them really showed up and voted with their mouse clicks and their keyboards. With their ears. And- and computers. And uh, thank you very much for everyone's input and everyone who voted. And this is a reflection of you guys. You know, it's not us saying anything. This is what you guys have said about the Purple Rain remaster player. Yeah, I co-sign with that. Thank you to everyone that voted and to all the others in the Prince community that helped promote it. There was one that didn't want to choose to promote it and disrespect Peach and Black podcast. I'm not going to give them any airtime, but everybody else, the 99% of people were really, really good and they turned it out. So thank one you. of the thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Drum roll. Drum roll, please. <laughs> the point of these surveys is so that you, the listeners, can have a voice. <laughs> so, you know, we have the opportunity to say what we think of the album. This is your chance to have your input. So with that in mind, One of the questions, I mean, we'll ask a lot of questions and we're going to get through them, but while we're on the topic of this, one of the questions was, how do you feel about this one, the 2015 Paisley Park remaster? There was three questions and then you had to pick what you thought of one of the three. So the choices were, it improves on the original 1984 album. The second choice was, it sounds worse than the original 1984 album. And the third choice was, I cannot tell the difference between the original 1984 album and the remastered album. So the results are. Hear this. Let's go. 
Okay. The highest response with 61.68% is it improves on the original 1984 album. Wow. Wow. That is remarkable. Because as well, again, I don't want to go into too much detail here, but it's not like we got 20 people or 50 or 100 or 200 or 300 people to vote. We got a large number of votes. And wow. so this is indicative of a, a fairly large chunk of not only the listeners of our show, but Prince fans. So that's inc- so basically 62% of people think this sounds better. Well, like we were just discussing, everybody hears something different. Like I said, my son said it sounds clearer. People <laughs> think something similar. They honestly think that if it's louder, it's better, or if it's louder, it's clearer. Hmm. And 62% wow. of the respondents said that it improves on the original. That's just stunning to me. Hmm. Having said that, 24% cannot tell the difference and i fall in that that category i can't okay. tell the difference between the two so 24 okay. percent cannot tell the difference and 15 percent wow thinks it sounds worse than the original there's my people wow we are in the minority that's amazing to actually find out now let's just be clear as well player is the only one who has been aware of the survey results since the survey yeah, closed. we don't know toj and myself and captain had no idea so this is Kind of mind-boggling, but fair enough. The people have spoken. Yeah. So, that's where it sits. So, 15% of people have ears that work. Okay. That's good to know. Good to know. Okay. I'm speechless. Tojan, he's gone (laughs) silent. He's left. left (laughs) I can't even remember what I ticked for that one because when I did it, I can't remember what I said. Wow. Well, what what do you think? Do you think it sounds better, worse, or you can't tell the difference? I, I can hear the distortion you're talking about, but at the same time, I, I, I'm kind of like torn because I think parts of it do sound, I wouldn't use the word clearer, but more prominent in, in the mix. That, and so I, I did hear things that I thought I hadn't heard before, but I wonder, like, because almost every time I listen to an album, whether it's Prince or whatever, like every time I listen to an album, I think I've heard a million times, I'll hear something, oh, I haven't heard that before. And so when mm-hmm. you're having that experience, and it's the title says remaster, you think, oh, that's because of the remaster. Yeah, but exactly. The more I think about it, I think it's probably just like any time I listen to something, I'll hear something new. Yeah, it's yeah, hard I to think... get an objective opinion, really. I mean, even I think... even our opinions, they're all objective just based on maybe what what, what we read just I... before we heard it. Is, is it like a placebo effect? Like you're told something's better, so you... I think so. You think Possibly. it's better? Is that is that Possibly. what it is? Possibly, yeah. but... I mean, that can explain everything except for the last 30 seconds of Let's Go Crazy. I mean, that is undeniable. (laughs) That's just a joke, really. The other thing is that this is one of the most intense albums Prince ever recorded, right? So in a way, the fact that it's louder gives it that vividness. It, It kind of speaks to that maximalism that Prince was going for at this point in his career. Like he was pushing not only boundaries, he was pushing everything. So the fact that this album is pushed all the way up from a volume perspective is kind of not, I would, let me put it this way. I would be way more disappointed if an album like Parade was given the same treatment because it's a different, it's got a different sort of quality. Whereas this, I guess it's just pop, like grunt, super eccentric, super electric music. So in a way, sure, if it's louder, people are going, oh, wow, look, it's just got more energy. Well, of course it does. Turn up, as Captain said, set up your cassette tape or your old 84 version to to double the volume and you'll be hearing new things too. (laughs) I think I might be searching for a a justification here, but 
when you think of the song let's go crazy and like so many of prince's songs from 82 to 85 are essentially about the apocalypse and the last you know 30 seconds is like the shit's going down and prince calls out take me away and so you wonder if the distortion is intentional Hmm, interesting you know what would be really that's a that's a really interesting point tojem and i wonder for anyone who's heard the vinyl version of this remaster because i haven't had the pleasure to hear that myself yet but i wonder if the distortion is equally as bad on the vinyl version of this remaster that's something that i'm really really keen on finding out it's a shame i wasn't able to get a copy before this particular show but that would just be uh out of interest how are you listening to this album do you have the cd or you're streaming it or streaming yeah i'm a title subscriber so i've i stream the whole thing anyway let's get back to the music uh any more survey results for the purple rain remastered version player only the songs themselves which you know is different to the sonic quality of the album it's Mm. the actual album i can run through quickly those results before you do I, when I did the survey, I was unsure when I was rating those tracks. Am I rating them based on just the song or was I rating them on how I feel the remaster compares? And I was a bit confused on that. Yeah. Send complaints to player at Peach and Black Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've got many complaints, so it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> um, when yeah, I did it's... it, I just said, okay, this is my thoughts on that song, regardless yes. of version or quality. So, yeah. Correct, yeah. So uh, let's run through the results. I, from... I did it on the quality myself. Oh, you did it on quality. So obviously, Let's Go Crazy and Darling Nikki were like the worst that I could vote. And the rest were sort of like neutral. Okay. So let me run through the results from nine to one. Coming in at number nine was Take Me With You. Not that Take Me With You is a bad song. Every song, I think everybody likes this album or likes all the songs, but Take Me With You is like, at least from the statistics point, is not good, but not bad either. So it's kind of very middle of the road of a song. When you've got an album with only nine tracks and they're all mostly great, there has yeah. to be a, a weakest track somehow. Yeah. And that's that's what they voted. They didn't say Take Me With You is a bad song, but it's just, yeah. just the nature of the beast. It comes last. Yeah. Hey, look at it this way. Look at it this way. It's the ninth best song on the album. <laughs> That's right. And that was uh, just under 59%. 65% rated I Would Die For You 8th. 66.19% was Baby I'm A Star. Then came Darling Nikki, 71%. And then we've got at 72%, Let's Go Crazy. Now coming in at fourth, now this is going to rock the boat a little bit. Considering that in our top greatest Prince songs of all time, this came number two, is Purple Rain. Uh, oh, wow. At 73%. Followed by number three, Computer Blue. And that only just skimmed past Purple Rain. At 76% was When Doves Cry at number two, which means number one is The Beautiful Ones. Wow. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. There's only because one in, song in left. The best, be in the best Prince songs of all time, When Doves Cry was number one. Mm. Yes, and Beautiful Ones was number five. So uh-huh. the difference here is is these songs are compared to kind of each other, whereas in the greatest Prince songs of all time, it's compared to yeah. his whole catalog. Yeah. I was actually thinking that when you think of Purple Rain the movie, I think Computer Blue and When Doves and um sorry the Beautiful Ones are more prominent in terms of their they're not obviously they're not played live, but you know they're, they're performance songs in the movie, whereas When yep. Doves Cry is just a montage. It's an interlude, yeah. And so I wonder if because it's Purple Rain, the album, people think more about the movie and 
So when you're hearing the beautiful ones in Computer Blue, you're thinking of that those scenes in the movies. Whereas when Doves Cry comes on, it's like, oh, it's that song that you know, it's that Prince song. Interesting. Yeah, it's Very interesting. I think Computer Blue, especially with the version that appears on disc two, it's kind of yeah. boosted it in this regard, coming in yeah. at number three. So you know, there's little things, but generally that's that's the way it's played out. There's definitely like. I think between this survey and the previous surveys, the beautiful ones when Doves Cry, Purple Rain, Computer Blue, they're in the upper sections of this album. Whereas the Darling Nikki, Baby I'm a Star, I Would Die If You Take Me With You, it was always sort of the lower end of the spectrum. So, you know, it is an interesting mix, but that's how they voted this time. Does anyone remember what number Computer Blue came in our greatest songs? Yes, I do. Computer Blue was 35. Oh, okay. Interesting. So yeah, I, I can, wonder what it would. I wonder what that I would could, look like now after people have heard the uh, hallway speech version. But we'll get to that. So in the greatest of all time results, when Doves Cry was one, Purple Rain was two, Beautiful Ones five, Let's Go Crazy sixteen, Darling Nikki twenty seven, I Would Die for You twenty eight, Computer Blue thirty five, Take Me with You sixty four, and Baby I'm a Star seventy six. Ooh. So it has changed in the last. Five six years that we did that that survey. Well, it's changed in the. I mean, in one sense, because again, the, the people were voting on everything. Yes, exactly. Yeah, on everything. Then, whereas this time it was it was just a song. It's almost like this album. I mean, if you if you're in love with this album, it's almost like choosing between your children, right? I mean, it's just like well, even another the ninth track is a classic. Yeah. So we've we also asked that question to rate this disc, the 2015 remaster, out of ten. And the highest result we got was 10 out of 10 at 36.54%. Hmm. So over a third think, of people think this is a brilliant remaster, I guess. Wow. I, I don't know if they would consider if the voting was about the remaster, though, or if it was about the songs. I think it's, you know, the way this album makes people feel, I think. Hmm. You know, it's so a great album to listen to. So, I mean, out of Prince's catalogue, I mean, it would be like, you know, generally speaking, a 10 out of 10 album or very up there. So, yeah, that's how yeah, people I mean, voted for this one. We've spoken so often about his great records and, you know, everyone's got their favourites and Sign of the Times pops up a lot and Parade and all this sort of stuff, Love Sexy, 99, Dirty Mind. Purple Rain pops up a lot as well. But this, if anything, this has rejuvenated my own love for this record. I mean, it's it's kind of unparalleled in his catalogue because every time you put on the album, to Toe Jam's point, you think of the movie, you think of the look, you think of the revolution, you think of what was going on at the time, the videos, the singles, the B-sides, the, the mania. Yeah, the tour, the um, the award shows, the mythology. Uh, now we've got this, you know, disc two and, and we've got single edits and, and other songs that are hard to find. And it is an absolutely remarkable period of this guy's career. And it's almost like, you know, as disappointing as for me personally, as some of the remastering uh, has been, I would much rather have this than not have it. Speaking a bit more objectively, this is a great release, and we haven't even touched on the other material. Hang on, hang on. You, you're not just talking about disc one. Uh, no, well, I'm talking about the whole package, I guess. Uh, just yeah, like I think I agree. I think you said it really well. Like whether we like the remaster and and whether we like songs that were chosen and versions and the quality of that. As, as a celebration of the era, it's a good release. Yeah, like that's actually a, a, a probably an even better way. Like it celebrates this era better than anything else that's come out because 
I may prefer the sound on the original CD, but I'd rather listen to these three discs in succession to get the whole full-scale experience of what was happening at that time because the material is just so overwhelming and there's so much great music. But I think disc two has a lot to do with that. But again, we'll get to that. I think basically at the end of the day, we've covered the remaster to death. Okay, so disc one, final, final, final thoughts thought. from everyone on the panel, and I'll go in the order that I introed everyone on the show, player. I think it's a good start from the estate and Warner Brothers that they are doing this. On the other hand, I think they need to pay attention not only to our show and our listeners' results, but other reviews of this album that's out there online, and they should really take it on board and utilise the feedback to what they're going to do with the other albums in his catalogue. So, you know, this is kind of like testing the waters. So I really like for the powers that be, whoever that is, the estate, Warner Brothers, whoever's involved, that when they look at these next future projects, that they take on board what we're saying and what the listeners want and they incorporate it into, you know, future releases so that, you know, we actually get what we want. The only thing about that is 62% of people think this improves on the original album. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the thing that is that is uh, has been intriguing for me to hear. But if you're a Warner Brothers exec, you're just gonna if you're gonna come out with Around the World a Day remaster next year, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go with the sixty two percent, not with the fifteen percent that said it sounds worse. True. But that, again, that's just about disc one, not about the whole package, which we'll get to. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, like for me personally, I thought the original Purple Rain sounded pretty good. As it is, yeah. and like it's great. Like right? I'm saying, like I'm saying with with Prince, like it, when it came to his hands, and they asked him to remaster it. What else are you to do? Like it sounds good as it is. What more can you do if you got a sign of the times? Okay, now we've got a you know a product that we need to remaster. We we need to fix this. You know, Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. You know, what else can you do? You can only boost it and make it louder. Yeah, it's al- it's already fairly dynamic in its own right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just say this regarding what just on what player said. This disc one was, for as far as we know, remastered by Joshua Welton. No, it was remastered by Prince. It says that on the on the credits, though. Sure, that's why it says Joshua Welton. No, really, Prince just walked past and goes, "Yeah, good job, Josh." Keeps walking. Done. Well, it does. I'm just saying in the credits, it does say album remastered by Prince. No, 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 no. I will tell you what it says. Okay, you tell us. The, it's been overseen by Prince, and the re- remastering yeah. engineer is Joshua Welton. So Prince just walked past Studio B and is like, how you going? Yeah, good. See you later. Done. That's overseen. He oversaw Walking it. Past, he oversaw it. That's right. Walked past the door. Done. No, no. Prince, he does it sound his- good? Yep. He oversaw it. <laughs> he heard the three seconds of the album, which weren't actually distorted yet. And he's like, yeah, sounds good. Great. He, he walked out He walked out of Studio A just before the last 30 seconds of Let's Go yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Does it sound good? Yeah, it sounds great. Here you go. No, no. But listen, that specific situation, hopefully, is never going to happen again. Joshua Welton is not remastering any future albums, as far as we know. Like, you're going to talk about Around the World in a Day, release later on, MC. Josh has got nothing to do with it. Hopefully, Bernie is around, and he just does everything. So, I'm just hoping that this is a one-off disaster, and we can just move on from here. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let's say Bernie's not involved, and let's say Josh isn't involved either. 
let's just say it goes to a remastering engineer. What do remastering engineers do these days? Like, Oh, they'll do just do, what Josh did probably. Exactly. So it doesn't really matter, does it? Because that's same all they're going to do. They're just going to piss it up. Yeah, same thing's going to happen to Sign of the Times when they do it, I'm sure. Probably. When to, they go to audio engineering school, they're just taught to, to boost everything, right? So These days they are. Yeah. But look, Bernie did this three, which we'll get to. It's the tracks on there sound a hundred times better than this one to me. If they can get Bernie or a decent qualified person to do the future remasters, hopefully they'll sound a lot better than this one. Anyway, who was next? <laughs> Toe Jam, your turn. Final thoughts on this remastered version. Uh, I don't have too much more to say about it. You know, when I listened to it, I thought I could hear different things and I thought some bits sounded clearer. I, I could hear some of the distortion at some of the louder points, but the, while I was listening to it, I was thinking, oh, maybe that's on the original. I can't even remember. Yeah, I don't have any more to say about it. Okay. Captain, have you got any more comments <laughs> to add in your vilification of, of this record? Okay. Of course. I've, I had this thing written down. I don't know how much it applies, but the people who were saying this sounds 62% saying this sounds better than the original. It Again, I'm... My mind is boggled. It's it's like um it's like climate change. You know, where ninety nine percent of scientists say it exists and it's real, but there's this you know there's this minority who stick to the one percent going oh forget all that ninety nine percent no 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 there's something in that. This is the same thing. Ninety nine out of a hundred audio engineers will tell you this sounds bad. So you know, and will tell you this sounds horrible. But you've got you know these people the sixty two percent. I just can't believe that number. Oh my god. Anyway, all I can figure. Is that they? But, they, 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 they just want, like, let's just alienate all our fans, our super percent of our fans. Just laugh at them. <laughs> I hope we don't lose sixty percent of our listeners by the end of this bloody episode. That would be a shame. Hey, they don't have to agree with me. I don't care. No, but hold up a sec. Like the thing is, though, with you, you've obviously seen the wave files and the way they're they're sort of brick walled. Whereas maybe most of the people doing the survey, you know, sort of don't know what they're, you know, what but they're you going into. But and you so, don't need like, to see that you don't need to see that graphic to just hear the distortion. But when you, but when you picked up this when it got released, were you going into this thinking I'm going to see if this is Brickwald? No, that that thought never. I, like, I had zero expectations for this anyway. Okay. I didn't expect anything. <laughs> I wasn't even excited that it came out. I didn't even buy it. I didn't pre-order it. I borrowed a copy to listen to. Okay. I had no expectation. I didn't even think about Brickwalling until I heard it. And even when I heard it, I just thought that's a lot of distortion at the end of let's go crazy and even then i didn't think they'd brick walled and i just thought something happened it wasn't until i saw that graphic later i'm like oh that explains everything <laughs> but i didn't even think about it at the time all i can figure is they watched like spinal tap and they turned everything up to 11 and just sent it off to warner brothers that's well it's the only okay. thing that could have happened just like every other album literally that is that is coming out these days like virtually everyone's albums that are being released sound brick walled and compressed but at the end of the day, you've got to compare apples with apples. I mean, if you're comparing that to everything but else. I don't, listen, I don't listen to other albums. Fair enough. I don't listen to any new albums. But I'm just so disappointed that really, you know, apart from Forever, this is really the first official release of music since April 2016. And I'm just sad that I'm not able to give it a, like, a, I'm not happy. I'm not, I can't give it a good review because it's not good. And, and again, that's just yeah. sad. That's sad to me. Yeah. And again, you're only talking about disc one, the remastered version of the classic album yes we're still we're, on we're about, about to get into a whole lot of other stuff uh for what it's worth i've got nothing else to add i think we've covered it truly covered
covered it in more detail than I think we possibly even needed to. The last thing I'll say is that it really doesn't matter because you can't take away the original CD if you want to listen to it. If you want to listen to the record, the LP version on vinyl, you can do that. You can listen to tape. You can listen to this. I think the crucial thing for me was just all the, and you know, I still think that, that there could have been more promotion done, but I think the fact that people are enjoying the album, the fact that our listeners and fans of this album voted and are taking the time to spend more time with this record is a good thing. So, you know, everyone can choose which version they listen to, but there's one thing that we're, none of us are arguing about, which is, are they listening to the album or not? Because at the end of the day, everyone's listening to Purple Rain and everyone's loving it. And I think that's probably the, the overall summary from my point of view. I sometimes, when you don't hear this record for a while, whether it's weeks, months, or years, and you come back to it, your mind, at least for me, mind blown. Like, I just, how is it possible that the music can sound so powerful, so emotive, so affecting 33 years later? Sounds like it was recorded yesterday. I, I just think that's remarkable. One more thing. Uh, yeah, one more. <laughs> one more thing I'll just say is this is just our opinion. We're not like making a law that says anything. If you are in that 62% that think it sounds great, then that's fine. Don't let what I say or anyone say, you know, that's not going to affect your listening if you think that the remaster sounds great. That's fine. I think it sounds horrible. I, I will literally never that. listen to it again in my life. <laughs> You've said that. <laughs> but, you know, don't send me angry things on Twitter just because I have an opinion and you have an opinion. You know, that's how how it is okay in my opinion my opinion is a bit different from captain's i think you should send you actually should send all your angry opinions and mail and tweets directly to captain <laughs> yeah why not why not captain says so that he can answer it there just don't send it to the peach and black twitter address. and don't send it to <laughs> at the rob s either <laughs> captain this is captain's or opinion DNA player. <laughs> yeah he's the one that are you on twitter yeah oh wait a minute who's, yeah, on, who's not on twitter there's one person hey. not on twitter oh I've told you that's right i've got an account so but if, I you never... want, if, you, if you want to reach toe jam he's Mobile number cheap is no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> your cheap Or your um, Peach and Black hate mail to me on Twitter and it won't be seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Fantastic. All right. Let's move on oh, to wait, what I've Before you move on, <laughs> you said you said that there's been little to no promotion, but I sent you guys a link. It entered the Billboard 200 at number four, which is Ooh, really good. Fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah, good work. I'll have a yeah, guess I mean, and, and say I think that's based on a lot of pre-orders. Well, whatever it is, they... they they hit it out of the park if it's number no, four on the billboard. You know, before people heard it, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he just he's like a dog with a bone. He doesn't <laughs> want to let it go. Right? <laughs> the four disc version is very hard to get unless you pre-order it. You can't walk in a shop and buy it. I, I looked here in a few um, JB Hi-Fi. Only the, only had the two disc at like three yes, different places. That's right, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well. They only ordered 86 copies <laughs> for Hall of Australia. And all of those got ended up in pre-orders. How many did you say? 86 was the guy at JB, what he told me. That's amazing. Nationwide. That was the um, predicted sales. We reckon we're going to sell 86 copies of this in all of Australia. <laughs> yeah, I think well, the I American, think the, the US number and the Europe number are a lot higher than that. All right, so now let's get to what I've been waiting for. Yeah, for disc two. Time. Yes. Disc two. <laughs> Man, <laughs> where do we start with? Actually, you know what? We we can't. I don't know that we should go into disc two now because we we want to finish on a on a like mega high, right? So while we've got everyone here, why don't we just quickly cover disc three? What do you guys think? Okay, the, disc three first. Okay. Okay, fine. So disc three is is basically single edits and a couple of extended versions, right? Mm -hmm. Basically. Okay. So mastered by mastered Bernie, or remastered. Mastered by but the master. I don't want to spoil Captain's review. 
about dynamic range by saying that there are also severe issues with compression with Bernie's mastering, especially when you compare some of the B-side edits to the original Hits uh, Disc 3 version. But I'll save that for my review of this, this Disc 3. But basically, a lot of us have heard most of this music, if not all of this music before. So there's really nothing new, I think it's fair to say. But for many fans, there are some pickings, slim pickings, albeit, but there are some pickings here for, especially for casual listeners who are probably, you know, listening to songs like Another Lonely uh, Another Lonely Christmas or 10-minute extended version of I Would Die For You and having their heads blown off. But we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> let's go into some round table overall thoughts on disc three, single edits and, what is it called? Single edits and... B-side. 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 The B-side. Captain, what are your overall thoughts on this? Anything on this disc sounds a thousand times better than anything on disc one, first of all. That's the first thing. I don't have notes on every track, but there's a few ones that I do have. You got track two, 17 days. It's officially named now B-side edit. Now that's an interesting choice of words, calling this an edit, which can only mean this was edited down from something longer. So in that case, where the hell is it? Mm. Why isn't it on this release? There's lots of rumours about that. There's like a fan version going around, but that's nothing. But I think Questlove a while ago said he had like a seven minute or something version. Very few people have heard that that we know of, but don't call it an edit and then not give you the full version, which they then did with every other track. That's just really <laughs> annoying. Quest Questlove <laughs> allegedly has extended versions of music that Prince never even recorded. So take that as you will. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that. But it's great to have this in good quality remastered by Bernie. Okay, track three. Let's go crazy. Seven inch single edit. I actually like this version. I like the intro. I don't know really? if I've ever even heard it before. Ha having heard the long intro a billion times, it's nice to just get it over and done and just get straight into the song. <laughs> I don't mind it. I like it. It was interesting. Captain, Captain wants it. to go straight to dessert. Skip the entree. <laughs> skip the main. It the actually makes great sense as as a in the 1980s like a radio edit. Like yeah, it makes yeah. straight into it. Yeah. No, I like. I like it. And then you got the extended version, Let's Go Crazy. I haven't compared this to, I think it was a 1989 German CD single, but knowing Bernie oh, remastered yeah. this, I'm sure this might just be sounding slightly better. Erotic City, extended version of Erotic City, with the glitch right at the start of this track, makes this instantly unlistenable. It's weird how they oversight that. It was the easiest fix. It would literally take you 10 to 12 seconds to fix that. <laughs> to fix it, yeah. And no one even bothered. <laughs> now, that that is just another, oh, like, the cheapness. I haven't even talked about this, but the ch is that Bernie's job to fix that? I don't know. Whose job is it to fix that? But how many people would have to listen to this before it got pressed? Like, the final tick. But including Bernie. Like, wouldn't Bernie say, fuck, yeah, you know, know. What, you know. What the hell? It's, it's, a big, it's a pretty big oversight. Not with him, but with everybody. Like, you know, that no one picked it up. And surely It's bad. It's, it's bad. There's other versions that are perfectly fine that they could have sourced, you know. Like, as soon as I hear that, I just, I can't listen to the rest of it. I'm like, this is just crap. As good <laughs> as this song is. As good as that song is, the first second just straight away just ruins it. I don't know how something that obvious can get through and pressed to a million discs. It's just crazy to me. Like, I haven't even talked about, like, the overall cheapness of this whole release, but this is just another sign of how little a fuck Warner Brothers gave about it, basically, to me. 
That's just me. Hey, you don't have to agree. But so now, again, German CD single from 1989 is still the superior version for this, which is amazing. And it still sounds better than what they're trying to sell us now in, you know, 2017. Blows my mind. Uh, number seven, Purple Rain 7-inch single edit. What What is this track without the guitar solo anyway? I don't know what that is. <laughs> what, what? Just give up. I'm with um, you. I mean, who who would ever li- who would ever listen to this edit? Like, this is probably the most useless edit ever. Uh, yes, yeah. that. It just fades out, and you're like, oh, I mean, it's good for radio, I guess, but that's about it. But this this is what seven-inch single edits are. They they were for radio. Then you've got God, vocal version, which probably now is the best quality version we've got of this. And the same for the instrumental version nope. of it. No? Oh, go no, on. Tell I'll, me about the compression. Go on. I'll get into that. Okay, we'll get to that. Um, another Lonely Christmas extended version. Is this the best version we've got now that's been on CD? No. Nope. Is this compression horrible? <laughs> nope. Okay. The extended version is the one yeah. on the hits no. and B-sides. That's just the normal version, isn't it? Not the standard That's version. right. Yes. So I think there's. I think this was released on CD somewhere, but I can't remember where. Was it one of the... Was it on Forever? No. No. Oh, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, the rest of it, all these 70 single edits, apart from Let's Go Crazy, they're just a, just a waste of space for me. Yeah. Go on, MC. Tell me, tell me about what did Bernie do wrong? <laughs> Well, I don't know if it was Bernie. I don't know if it was the file that he was working on. But as an example, uh, Erotic City, not the extended version, the same song that's on the B-Sides discs from 1993 is way, way less compressed. The 1993 version. So it's the version on this release is much more compressed. The version of God is annoying because there's massive clipping. And I'm not talking about the instrumental version. I'm just talking about the song God uh, that also appears on the 1993 B-Sides collection. There's massive clipping on this version. Distortion on the final screams, really annoying, ruins the end of the song for me. And the same for Another Lonely Christmas, where it's the same piece of music as, as what's on the B-Sides disc from 1993, but again, way more compressed. So I'll keep my original CD version, thank you very much, of all three of those songs. They don't sound terrible. It's just that the original versions on the hits B-Sides CD uh, are better. So oh, were they the full versions though? No, they weren't. So they okay. So yeah. I was correct then, even though this does have like compression and clipping. They haven't been on CD before, the full versions. The full version, the extended, yeah. So technically, they still are the best version on CD. Correct, the extended version. They're the only version. Exactly. No, I, I'm pretty sure that all of these songs have been on CD at some point, except maybe Another Lonely Christmas Extended. That's the only one I can't okay. think of. But all the others have been on some CD release somewhere. Well, I haven't got that much to say. I mean, I, I think this whole disc is pretty much pointless outside of what ToeJam just finished on, which was Another Lonely Christmas Extended because it's so hard to track down and I don't even know if it does exist or has existed on a previous CD version. So it's great to have that here. Even though I do like the extended version, I prefer the original. And I think I prefer the original because I'm just used to it. You know, I've been playing that B-Sides disc from the 1993 compilation for so many years that I'm used to it. And I'm in particular, I'm used to the way that song ends. Whereas this one is a bit more bloated in its ending. You know, the longer guitar solo is nice, but it kind of meanders a bit to me as well. Like the ending isn't as effective, I don't think. So I'm happy it's here, but I actually prefer the single edit of, or the B-side edit of Another Lonely Christmas. Uh, The other thing is the When Doves Cry edit is absolutely useless. I mean, what what kind of, and and I get why these songs are here. It's the same. It's the radio edit. It fades out (sighs) of the guitar solo. And that's when people start going, oh, and that was Prince with When Doves Cry. Oh. Same old crap. Listen to WNBC and uh, it fades out on the best part. Just as the song is about to go into overdrive, it fades out. 
What else can I say? Every time you, already... hear, you hear when doves cry on the radio, it always gets to that exact point and you're like, it's going to fade out. It's going to keep going. Mm. Every time. It's like... sometimes, most of the time it fades out, but like two out of 10 times, it just keeps going. You're like, oh, the whole song. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's really annoying. The Dire Straits song, Sultans of Swing, which I'm a massive fan of. Every time they play the studio version on the radio, the minute it gets to the fantastic guitar solo, the voiceover from the radio guy comes over the top and it's just <laughs> Ooh, so... <laughs> so that that's that. Uh, the instrumental version of God, I've got to just stop for a second and give this song massive props. I mean, other than being a little bit compressed, this is one of the most stunning instrumental compositions of his life. The guitar hang on, hang on, playing... Hang on. Don't go too far because if we haven't already reviewed this in a B-side show, we're going to review it on a B-side show. Okay. So don't go too far into it. Okay. All I'm going to say is the guitar playing is so bloody emotive. It's so freaking effective. It is Santana-esque. When, when, when you listen to it, you're thinking of the sex scene, aren't you? That's why you're like... <laughs> <laughs> played that guitar. Wow. <laughs> no, it really is Santana-esque. It was the, on the, the upstroke. <laughs> The whole thing may be one of his most beautiful ever compositions, but I'll leave it there. The other thing I will say about this Disc 3 CD is I think the thing that's worth the price of admission here, and I'd love to hear if anyone disagrees with this, is the I Would Die For You extended version, right? I mean, this is pretty much the game changer. Oh. Oh, how on did this I miss CD, that? I think. How did I miss that from my notes? No, yeah. no, this is horrible because what? this is still an edit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but, yeah, it, but it's fantastic. It's, yeah, but there's a 31-minute version. So there why would you give us 10 minutes? I'll tell you why, because I'm not putting the 31-minute version on my resequenced version of Purple Rain, whereas the 10-minute I Would Die For You version I have placed on my Rob S. official resequenced oh, version no. of the album. That's exactly but why. Um, this disc is is stuff that has been released. So yes, there is a thirty one minute version, but this disc hasn't. It only includes stuff that has been released. Mm. That's a good point. There's nothing unreleased on here. Yeah, then yeah. it should have been on disc two then, along with Computer Blue. Actually, that's a good point. Why? I mean, probably for the running time. That's probably the reason why it wasn't on there. But that's the last thing I'll say. Like, I would die for you. Extended version is the album seller right here. This is how it's done. It's a bloody epic jam for the ages. Revolution and Prince in top form. Just mind-boggling how good it is. It's obviously a, a live rehearsal as well, and it's the extended revolution that has um, mm. Sheila and Miko and all those crazy cats. It's got Eddie M, right? Um, Eddie M, that's what I was thinking of, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Toe Jam. I like this disc as part of the package. I mean, this disc is basically, hey, here's all the related tracks that were released back in the day in the order in which they were released. So... As a historical document, oh, that's kind of cool. Are they? Are they in well, order yeah, of release date? I think so, because when Dove's Cry was the first single, and its B-side was 17 days, Let's Go Crazy was the second single with Erotic City. So oh. I think it's in the order of the release of the singles, which is kind of cool. I was going to say this a second ago, that as a bit of a nutty Prince collector, I spent years and years tracking down each one of these tracks from, like Captain was saying, you know, I've ordered the 1989 German release. So I think some of the, one of them was even like a little five centimeter CD or something. You know, these were CDs that Prince himself had asked to be pulled from the stores and everything, but they were the only CDs available at the time that had them. So to have them all now just in, on one disc, someone getting into Prince now who just buys this package and they've got it all, like there's a part of me too, that's too like, easy. too easy, you bastard. I spent all these years trying to track down all these <laughs> tracks one after the other. Um, but on the other hand, like that would certainly save someone a lot of time and effort. <laughs> see and what the yeah, rest but, of us had see, to go through but that's but that was the fun yeah trawling record stores looking for like the 12 inch of whatever just to get the b-side yeah. who's doing that now 
That yeah. was like the funnest thing in your life. Yeah, it's a different mm. game. Yeah, um, it was so a different like time, said, wasn't it? Walking through record stores and going up to the counter and saying, I want your full 12 inches. <laughs> now, that was another store. Oh, sorry. I can only give you seven. <laughs> TJ Mully ended up with the five centimeter disc. <laughs> <laughs> the mini disc version. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of these tracks have been on CD before, except maybe Another Lonely Christmas Extended, although don't quote me on that. Some of the edits might not have, but I mean, who cares? Most of the yeah, edits were up forever anyway. There's a bit of controversy about should we really be wasting CD space with edits? And um, I kind of get that as well. Like there's a lot of stuff could have gone on here instead of those edits to fill up that space. But at the same time, like I said, as a historical package, I think this this CD actually is kind of cool. And I think the other thing that you just made me think of, Tojan, when you were saying that a historical, you know, the historical aspect of this or the historic aspect of it is that the hits is not exactly easy to get the hits and B-sides compilation. Many younger fans may not even know of it. I mean, if you were born in 1993, then you're in your, you know, early to mid 20s now, and you may be hearing songs like Erotic City god another lonely christmas for the very first time so for people that aren't familiar with this music let's just remember there will be a certain chunk of the population globally that would be hearing this stuff yeah and i'm kind of jealous of them because i remember the first time i heard this music and it blew my mind and they're experiencing that now but they're experiencing it in the context of listening to all that other purple rain material can you imagine being a kid opening up this package and just going through this whole thing from start to finish like that's a life changer, right? That that would be insane. Like you, or the four of us have heard this so many times, but for a kid going through this from A to Z, I reckon I couldn't even imagine what that experience would be like. So for from from that perspective, it does make sense. Yeah. So that I mean, that's my review of the disc. Okay. And player rounding out our disc three thoughts. What do you think about this? Ah, uh, you just took my whole review. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> no, I'll I'll just sort of say it anyway but yeah you're right like this the there's the two sides of internal struggle within me that's you know the dominant side which is you know i'm the spoiled prince fan and mm. you know there's a lot of recycled stuff on here for as a diehard prince fan but you know then you've got the other people that maybe are getting into prince since he's passing they want to check him out and they know that purple rain was his biggest album oh, i'm going to pick this up and imagine that they get the purple rain album which is mind-blowing in itself they get this too with all this unreleased stuff and then they get this like and the dvd you know it'd be amazing like to have like that much content to go through so you know there's that side of it as well the tracks themselves I personally could do without the edits. I mean, to me, an edit is, you know, they specifically back in the day did edits so that it could be played in a radio format, like a quick song, you know, they get through so many songs an hour, they have ads or all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they shorten the, they shorten songs, but like in a disc, in this context, I can see the historian side and all that, but you know, if you're a diehard fan, you probably have this anyway. I would rather this space be used up with the other songs on Purple Rain, Jungle Love, The Bird, Sex Shooter, Modern Air, at least those songs, you know, you know, when you think of Purple Rain, like those songs were a part of Purple Rain and they've never been released as part of this album ever. So, you know, I would have loved to have seen that because, you know, hearing you know, let's go crazy edit back to back with let's go crazy special dance mix. Plus <laughs> you've got the original album. That's three versions that you've got on this one release. Surely you could do without the edit and put on, you know, the bird or something like, you know, 
you know, there's just there's just a part of me that just like you know, they could have utilized this so much better. Yeah, but again, um, it's we're, we're spoiled Prince fans, right? That's exactly. your earlier point. I'm sure all Let of us at some point have gone right. Well, I know I have. I'm going to make the definitive Purple Rain album with you know with Sex Shooter with uh, Jungle Love and all that in the order of the that they come appear in the movie and you know even <laughs> including like the God instrumental and this sort of thing and uh, yeah so it is kind of a, like that 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 idea has always been like a cool idea that for someone to do that someday um, yeah yeah so it might be a bit of a missed opportunity hey guys it has just wait, a, a just proper wait, a proper see. soundtrack album a proper soundtrack just album just wait for There'll the thirty fifth anniversary yeah because I was going to say that wait for the super super deluxe version yeah. it'll all come out then. Uh, the one thing I will say, I, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there for all of our listeners or for any of the listeners that it, this applies to. If you are listening to the Peach and Black podcast and you're listening to this show in particular and you are one of those people who when you opened disc three and when you listened to it, you heard songs like 17 Days, Erotic City, God, Another Lonely Christmas for the very first time, send us a tweet private message, Facebook, get in touch with us any way you can because I want to hear your first reaction to that music as someone who's never heard that before. Come on Obsessed by Music podcast and uh, I'll have you on. I would absolutely love to get your first impressions and you're probably only, I don't know, you could be 10 years old, you could be 10, you could be 20, I don't know, but you're probably in that in that era, in that age bracket, I guess. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll finish on that note. Let's go into disc two, which is the reason why we're all here, right guys? No, no, the survey stuff first. Oh, shit. Survey. The fantastic survey. It wouldn't be a a review unless you forgot the survey results. So, well (laughs) done, brother. Oh, thank you to Player for putting that all together as well. Uh, Player, (laughs) survey results, please. Okay, survey results. Let's go from 15 to 1. 15 was Take Me With You 7-inch edit. Oh, again, last. (laughs) 14, Pepper Rain edit. Yeah. 13, Baby I'm a Star edit. Number 12, Let's Go Crazy, edit. Edit. Number 11, I Would Die For You, edit. Edit. Number 10, When Doves Cry, can you guess? Edit. Edit. Number 9, Another Lonely Christmas, even though it's not labelled as edit, it's the shorter version. Yeah. Then it brings us to the remaining tracks. Number 8, God, which is uh, track 8 on the album, that version. Number 7, Erotic City, edit. Number 6 was God, Love Theme from Purple Rain. And the top 5 is... Another Lonely Christmas extended version, 66% of the vote. Number four was I Die For You, extended version, 69% of the vote. Third was 17 Days, edit. <laughs> but if there was yeah. a longer version, I'm sure that it'd be higher. And I think this is as high as it is, is because, you know, it's the only version that's on at 74%. It's the only version ever released, officially. Yeah. yeah. Second was Let's Go Crazy Special Dance Mix at 76% which makes Erotic City, Make Love Not War, Erotic City Come Alive at 80% at number one. Ooh. So clearly all the edit versions are way down in the list and all the other versions are way up in the list. That was there to be go. expected, I'm sure. Well, further to that, there was a question about how do you feel about this three? And there was multiple options. The options were, this is a fantastic disc of material. I like it, but I have these songs and didn't want to buy them again. The extended songs and B-sides are great, but I could have done without the edits. I wish they had used this disc for associated artists, such as The Time and Apollonia 6. I could have done without this disc altogether. Mm. 
There should have been more unreleased tracks on this disc. This disc should have been a live audio concert from the Purple Rain era instead. Oh. And the last question was, I only got the two-disc version, and this question doesn't apply to me. <laughs> so the highest out of all those questions at 29% was... Extended songs and B-sides are great, but I could have done without the edits. That was mm-hmm. the highest rated question. You almost hear that, Warner Brothers? Almost, almost one in three people. Yeah, there you go. And the second highest answer at 20% was there should have been more unreleased tracks on this disc. It's starting to it's sound pretty clear. But like to say there should have been more unreleased tracks on this. Like this disc is specifically not for unreleased tracks. Like it's a... So it's kind of like saying, I wish this was a Justin Bieber CD. It's like, well, that's, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like if this was a disc dedicated to unreleased tracks, I could get that, but not. So it's like, you're asking it to be something that it's not, I don't know. I think I that think more, it means I'd rather they use unreleased yeah. tracks instead of useless edits. Yeah, I hear that. That's the interpretation that I got too. And at 18% coming in third was the response... The associated others question. They wish that uh, that they were on there. Yeah. So and I think, look, that, those results. The top are three responses. Yeah. Yeah. Those top three responses play. I pretty clearly say to me that people generally, whichever way you slice it and dice it, generally want to hear things they haven't heard before. They want to hear rarities. They want to hear unrele- unreleased material. They want to hear live material. That's probably the hardcore Prince fans because they've been listening to stuff for years and it's like something new. Give me something new. Remember what Jamie used to say on our show? I just want to hear something new. And that's really <laughs> what people want at the moment. But I guess without sounding like a broken record too much here, this release, the more and more I hear you guys talk about it and the more we talk about it as a group, it's really a package celebrating the album at the end of the day. I keep coming back to that. Like, It's like you can't please all the people all the time. And you would be hard-pressed as a fan of this album and as a fan of the artist to be disappointed. You might be disappointed with certain discs or certain aspects of the remastering or whatever, but there's no way you would look at this whole thing and go, I don't like nothing to see here, folks. Like there's something here for everyone pretty much. So on, on that, from that point of view, it succeeds. If I had actually bought this, I would have like sent it back to Warner Brothers. And like, you fix the, the problems with this disc, and then we'll talk. <laughs> I'm sure they would have taken you seriously, too. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> they would have shown you the door. Bro. <laughs> but that, that has happened several times that I know of, where record companies have put out a disc, and there's like a glitch on a track or something. They've repressed it and sent it out. But that's not going to happen now, because they've already shown how little they give a crap about this release. There's no way they're going to repress it. Yeah, I think that's probably... You're stretching it a little bit. I mean, it's not. It could have been a lot worse. I like. I keep coming back to that point. There's so much material on here. It's like even how many you know, really ma- obvious audio glitches do you need before it's worse? <laughs> how many do you need? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit the audio glitches haven't bothered me that much. Mm. Player, how did disc three rate out of ten? Okay, we asked listeners to rate it out of ten. The highest score this got, and probably because of its song content, not its uh, choice of selections, it got 8 out of 10 at 20%. There you go. That's the highest. So 20% of people, that means 20% of people voted uh, or gave it a rating of 8 out of 10, which yes. means they're pretty Oh, happy. the whole disc, yeah. The whole disc, yeah. Disc 3, the whole yeah. of disc 3, not the whole package. Just, yeah. so Very good. Disc 1, just to recap, people gave 10 out of 10. This disc, they gave 8 out of 10. 
pretty high scores overall. Pretty high. Pretty high scores overall, I have to say. have to admit, can't argue with the with the fan vote. Uh, I've got to think vote. that that 10 out of 10 for disc one was it's more the people voting it's the for the song. Yes, it's the song. 62% yeah. of people thought it sounded better, Captain, so I wouldn't be so convinced that it's just the songs. Well, I think people are like, like the, then like it'd the be, loudness. Then it would be 100%. It would be 10 out of 10. Well, <laughs> who knows? I, I'm raring to go, guys. I can't, I'm, I'm like a horse waiting to run out of its... Is it a stable? <laughs> the ga- out of the gate. So this is going to be, what, a six-hour show? Disc. What do you mean, a six-hour show? How, how long have we been ranting and raving so far? <laughs> how, how much longer are we going to? That's the question. Uh, you're, you're kidding. Oh, I hate doing this, but for anyone listening, for everyone listening, we're going to have to continue this on another night. Uh, oh, I can't man. believe I'm saying this. Disc two, the thing that I am itching to talk about, that's going to have to be part two of this review. Well, look, we had to get all the negativity out right. of the way first before we get to the good stuff, right? Well, you were the only negative one this time, so it, was, it wasn't too bad. For, for a change, that's good. The other, th- the other three of us loved it. You don't have anything <laughs> negative to say about this too? Well, <laughs> let's save it for that show. Save it. Yeah, let's save it for that show. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your support. Thanks for hitting us up on our Twitter feed and our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We appreciate the support. If you're not a fan, hit that fan, hit that like button on our face page. If you're not following us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, would you? Show some more love and support. We really appreciate it. We don't take it for granted. Big, Grateful big, for all big of our listeners. Thank you to the survey voting people. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we couldn't have read those results without you guys. So, uh, And that's a reflection of the community too. So you should all feel proud of being such massive fans of Purple Rain and this release. Uh, what else? YouTube? You know, like some doctors, like once a month, they have a thing where you can go and get like free hearing checks and stuff. Maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dog with a bone. Unbelievable. Uh, and other than that, what else can we say? Player Toe Jam. I'm not going to go to Captain because he's just going to keep ranting and raving. Anyone else got anything to say before we, we press stop on this? I'm really, look, I'm like you. I'm really looking forward to reviewing Disc 2. Oh, man. We should have started with that. But no, we had to. We had to go through. We had to go through the. the you got to go through it to get through it. We had to get through That's the right. release content. Now we get to the unreleased. <laughs> That's a good point. So join us in part two where we talk about some things that none of us have ever heard before on our disc two review of Purple Rain Deluxe. Thanks again for your company. Uh, you can get Captain at Captain Says on Twitter, DNA Player, DNA Player Twitter handle. Uh, you can find me on the Rob S Twitter handle and send all your hate mail to Toe Jam on his non-existent <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> Thank you very much. Shout out Bye-bye. to... Uh, uh, everyone, peace. Until next time. Okay. Work it like a job. <laughs> <laughs>